conglomerate. I just made a word up. That's so funny. <laughs> we just became a conglomerate. Where did that word come from? More than five from? letters. More yeah, than five not, letters. That's, that's, that's five syllables. That's more than five letters. My husband works with computers, and that is very different <laughs> than ministry. Yeah. So I can throw something out, and you can say, that's stupid, Kay. We have a severe case of collective ADD. I'm sorry to the listeners. Community and connection have been vitally important because, you know, if you do it by yourself, it's all your fault. There are 15 of us in a tiny room. We have no idea how professional or unprofessional this thing may turn out once we're done with it. Welcome to the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Strategies, resources, and conversations equipping ministry leaders to cultivate healthy ministry environments. Check, check, one, two. Welcome to the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Uh, Strategies, resources, and conversations equipping ministry leaders to cultivate healthy ministry environments. My name is Chris Lynch, one of the uh, cultivators here on our podcast. I want to take a quick moment to uh, welcome all of you folks to this new venture for us at the Cultivate Group. Uh, We are super excited about what lies ahead and how we may come alongside you in whatever ministry endeavor you may be in uh, to offer any sort of help and have a little fun along the way. I am joined today by three of my colleagues at the Cultivate Group. Uh, Laura McLean, Caroline Wood, and Kay Wolfinger. Uh, I want you guys to introduce yourselves. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself so they can get to know you some. Let's throw the random spinning wheel around, and we'll start with Laura. All right. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. My name is Laura McLean. I live in Knoxville, Tennessee. I have two little boys, a five-year-old and a six-year-old. Um, so there is never a dull moment around our house. Zero. Zero. Chance. That's that's right. Zero. Uh, a laid back dog, thankfully, and a laid back husband. So that makes things a lot easier. Uh, <laughs> I work. My day job is uh, working for the Holston Conference with Youth and Young Adult Ministries, where um, I'm just thankful and grateful that I get to work with young people and youth leaders as they're traveling this road of faith and um, seeing where they see God on a day-to-day basis, how they grow deeper in faith and um, learn about leadership and all kinds of good stuff. So I'm excited to be here today as we get this podcast started. Laura, you've been in ministry for how long? How many years now? Uh, 19. 19. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to have you here. How about we'll go to Caroline Wood next? Oh, thank you, Chris. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Again, I'm Caroline Wood. I live in wonderful Bostick, North Carolina, which is halfway between. Wait, 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 wait. If anybody can tell us where Bostick is, you're going to win a prize. I don't know what kind of prize we have. We don't have anything (laughs) to give away. But the first, as soon as we start having merch and stuff like that, if you know where Bostick is, we'll send you something because nobody knows where Bostick is. <laughs> yes. Maybe I'll make up some do you know where Bostick is bumper stickers. I don't know. <laughs> and Kay could, could uh, crochet something to send okay, the Okay, sure. <gasps> there you go. We've got almost, it covered. I almost spit oh. my coffee out. <laughs> that is awesome. I can't wait to see how Kay comes up with a crochet <laughs> bumper sticker for Bostick. That would be fabulous. <laughs> Oh, I am a district vitality associate for the Western North Carolina Conference. So there's a clue. 
Yes. And um, so I get to work across our entire conference on laity engagement and empowerment, and then specifically in a district with churches and laity individuals um, trying to make this uh, world a better place, you know, and spread the kingdom. Uh, my husband and I finally, finally, after many years, have an empty nest. And so, yep, we learned our lesson and we have converted almost every bedroom that once was a bedroom into something else now. I highly recommend it. It's a, it's a subtle hint to your kids never to come back home. That's right. Listen, there is Bye. no subtle hint. There is no subtle hint around here now. It's like, nope, I'm sorry. I'm not moving anything again. <laughs> um, we have one little um, 10 pound killer dog and uh, and then outside we have two mastiffs a 250 pound one and then oh. another one that's around 200 pounds oh, and they... wait, wait wait hold on hold on yeah how do I, we, we not we, know this I, yeah we've all been friends for a really long time I had zero clue you had a mastiff no. you know that I knew you had a mastiff but I didn't know there were two and I didn't know they were that big Listen, wow. these are the new Mastiffs that we got during the pandemic. Oh, oh. They're, they're COVID Mastiffs. <laughs> they are COVID Mastiffs. And uh, the reason I don't talk about them is that I'm not bitter about having these monsters at all. <laughs> I mean, it is the sand, it is sandlot every day in my backyard. <laughs> oh, my please, word. Please tell me one of them is named Hercules. <laughs> no, oh, I wish. No. Uh, so this is one of those things if you knew buttercup <laughs> right yes. so my husband precious and buttercup <laughs> <laughs> oh they will forever be so my husband has nicknamed himself you know he's an only child i should say thor <laughs> so one of these yes i say it is perfect because thunder is just a bunch of noise <laughs> I, am, anyway. I am thor king of the masters it, it is so <laughs> true funny. so one the boy is named thor and then get this you're gonna love it the female mastiff her name is hamby because hammer get it oh, oh. Well, i see what you did there yeah that's cool. Well, thanks for that. Hey, uh, last but certainly not least, our resident Midwesterner. By the way, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if you're listening, brace thyself, because we're going to go from a lot of Southern drawl to this mm -hmm. Midwestern accent. But Kay Wolfinger's with us. Kay, tell everybody about yourself. Hey, yes, I'm from Northeast Ohio, which is even a another different accent. Um and I have a husband of 30 years. We were 10 when we got married. <laughs> um, it was an arranged we, marriage. Yeah. Yes. And we have um, two children. Uh, our son is 23. Our daughter is 21. Neither one of them live with us permanently. <laughs> Um, which means I don't have teenagers and now all of a sudden I'm starting to get my intelligence back, you know, because <laughs> I, yes. I'm starting, they're coming back and mom and dad actually know things. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we also have a little, um, miniature Italian greyhound ladybug. Um, and, um, what else? 
I, uh, I was a teacher. That's what I'm trained in is education, uh, but have been in ministry for 23 years. I work at the East Ohio Conference Office in Young People's Ministries. And um, yeah, I have been strangely called to work with young people like the rest of y'all. I do say you're all, though. Just, to, you know, I got to fit in somehow. Yeah, but so. you say you all. We say y'all. 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 I just, I had this moment when you said something about strange thing or strange calling or strange thing working with teenagers. I, that's another T-shirt we should make is like Stranger Things. Welcome to there Youth Ministry or something. Yes, exactly. So exactly. anyway, um, my name, by, to tell you a little bit about myself, as I said earlier, my name is Chris Lynch. I have the great opportunity of, uh, of working and serving in the uh, South Carolina Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church. By the way, in case you didn't catch that, we are all United Methodists. Uh, mm-hmm. Please don't hold that against us. And there's lots mm-hmm. of good things about that as well. Um <clears throat> But uh, I live in the upstate of South Carolina, so I'm a couple hours from the mountains, about four hours from the beach, and about 10 minutes from a lake, so life is good. Uh, I live with my wife of uh, 26 years, which is kind of bizarre. Uh, we got married when we were like six, and so yeah, uh, yeah, right. um, I have three daughters. I'm, I tell everyone, that I, as I meet them, that I am drowning in the deep end of the estrogen pool. Uh, Lindy, my oldest, is 22 years old. She got married last January. I had the greatest father-daughter dance in the history of mankind. Yes, um, true. I can attest sure. to that. She mm-hmm. got married, lived at home with us for five months, and then she took off to Japan uh, where her husband is stationed in the Navy. So she's in Japan living her best life. Uh, my middle daughter is 20. No, sorry. <laughs> Lindy's 22. Cammy is 19. <laughs> She is a sophomore at Anderson University studying uh, early childhood education. She's going to be a teacher, bless her heart. Uh, and then my baby, who's six feet tall, is uh, a sophomore in high school, uh, playing volleyball right now. Uh, my wife's fantastic. She's a um, – and these women will all tell you she's a whole lot better than I am. Uh, she mm-hmm. is a uh, data clerk <laughs> at an elementary school, back in school to become a school guidance counselor. Um, and so – uh, that's a little bit about me. I've been in, uh, so I didn't ask the rest of y'all. I've been in ministry now, um, since 19, that's 26 years. Laura's 19. So that gives us 45 K you've been in for 23, 23. That's 68. And Caroline, you have been in for 35. So we are, I was wondering, I, I thought over a hundred. I was thinking we had a century that <laughs> so we we're a hundred together. We are a hundred year old ministry monster. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm impressed. And, I'm impressed with that math too. Oh, yeah, me yeah, too. Me too. I, I have this thing for numbers. My my, oh. I used to do con. So I'm the so in our house when it comes to homework, I'm the math and science person, and Michelle's the history and English person. And so we, I would do this contest with my daughters all the time, where it was you get a calculator, add those numbers, and I'll do it in my head and see if we get it faster. And it yeah, was, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that is very it's, impressive. It's, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. It's kind of like random. <laughs> It's like, yeah, definitely 246 toothpicks. Yeah. Anyway, um, back to the reason we're here uh, a little over a year ago. Um, the the four of us and a, another friend or so who's. No, home. that's been longer than a year. Has it been? Sure, it's okay. Two years. Well, COVID. a year ago, we kind of officially launched it. We've been talking Jeez. about it for probably two or three years. But yeah, uh, we all kind of have, have been working together and hanging out and having a good time for a number of years and decided, you know, there, there is a lot of, in the midst of this hundred plus years of experience, there's a, a great bit of knowledge that people might find helpful. 
And um, really, the, <laughs> the reason we started Cultivate Group was because we do want to be, uh, we believe in ministry and we believe in people, uh, whether that's young youth ministry, young people's ministries, adult ministries, children's ministry, whatever. Uh, obviously, all of us have a, a penchant kind of towards all got our start in youth ministry somewhere where along the way. And so that's kind of near and dear to our heart. But as you can tell, we talked about our uh, our jobs. We all do all sorts of different things now, resourcing churches, uh, whether it's youth ministry or, or vitality specialist or I'm a congregational specialist, which people are always like, what is a congregational specialist? I'm like, I don't know. It's just a title. You specialize in congregations. Yeah, it's like, what does that mean? So basically, it's church consultant work, you know. So that's what we do. And so. We thought, you know, why not launch this little ministry, see what can happen. And then we said, what can we do to kind of connect with people? And it's like, hey, podcasts are booming. Let's do a podcast. So um, we have no idea how professional or unprofessional this thing may turn out once we're done with it. But uh, we're going to have a good time and hopefully offer some uh, some some tidbits of information and 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 help that'll help you regardless, like I said earlier, regardless of your ministry situation. And so we thought- And hopefully that, make you laugh too along the way. Uh, we're not like serious yeah. people. So. Yeah, so absolutely. <laughs> no, we are- We like to have fun. not serious at very- Fun is very, a core value. Yes, fun is yes. a core value. Um, so yeah, for sure, uh, we'll, we'll get into our core values and some, I'm sure in some future podcasts, but one of them is definitely fun. And- um, you can find out a little more about our core values and who we are at our website. And uh, I'm trying to remember what our website even is right now. Cultivate. <laughs> is cult- uh, that's terrible. I should have written that down. Listen, <laughs> this is part of the fun. I know. Yeah, that's right. right. Um, we'll, we'll give it to you at the end. We'll that's right. At the end, end of this thing, you'll hear about our website. Go check it out and you know, whatever. That was horrific. Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway... Um, one of the things that makes this fun is we get to do it with friends. And so when we were talking about, you know, how we kind of got Cultivate started, it really began out of friendship. And so, and, and we have for a long, for a long time uh, considered this group of, of folks who are sitting around the table or, or in your ears right now, um, which is kind of nasty to think about, um, that, mm. that we, we have built a community, you know, along or around each other and with each other over the last 10, 12 years, whatever it's been for some of us, some of us longer. And that's one of the things that, that, that we feel like is, is critically important to, um, not I want to say just success in youth, in, in ministry or youth ministry or whatever it is, but just to sanity almost, um, that having a, a group of, of people that, um, you can connect with and can, you can, let your hair down. Although if you can see me, you know, I don't have a lot of hair to let down, <laughs> but um, be your real self is, is really important to, to, to being healthy in ministry. So we want to talk about the importance of community. So I just would throw it around the table and see if y'all have any, like, what's your, what are your tidbits or what are, what, what is community meant to you uh, in, in your years of ministry? How, how has it been critical to you uh, in ministry over the years? Well, Chris, I will tell you that um, community and connection have been vitally important because, you know, if you do it by yourself, it's all your fault. (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to be the scapegoat if you're doing ministry by yourself? Right? So if you're taking notes out there, make sure you write down reasons to have community. One, 
I need a scapegoat. Yes. <laughs> or, or on a more positive note, I don't want to be the scapegoat. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. go. No, seriously. I mean, we were made for community. And the wonderful mm-hmm. thing about you all is you all are my friends. I, When I think back over what we have gone through personally and together and walked through life together over the past however many lifetimes it's been, it's over incredible years, to me. Right? Over, over yeah. 10 years well that over. we've been friends. Yeah. yeah, I think that's true. It's not so... Uh, community and and having a group of people um, when you're in ministry is so important no matter your area of ministry I feel like as youth leaders if there's youth leaders out there listening you feel like you're on an island by yourself because no one understands you except for others that work with teenagers Um, and not even your spouse at times so finding that group is so important but then what I value about our friendships is yes, we talk about ministry, but honestly, sometimes we get on our zoom calls and we could talk for an hour just about catching up about life and knowing Mm -hmm. that we're praying for each other um, and, and supporting each other in life, not just in ministry is so important. And one other thing that I was thinking about this morning before we jumped on was what I love about you all as well, and I think is so important, is that you're not just yes people. So I can throw something out and you can say, that's stupid, Kay. Or <laughs> no, you're doing, that's not, you're not doing that right. You know what I mean? Where yeah. I, yeah. I can trust yeah. you to be honest. Don't just blow smoke. Um, but tell me the truth. <laughs> be truthful. <laughs> um, and... A community where you feel like where I feel comfortable enough for you all to tell me that too, you know, like yeah, safe, that doesn't happen safe. in just like a surface, like "Hey, how are you?" kind of community that comes with so, deep friendships. So yeah, yeah it a, does. A, a couple of things. One is you know, okay, you mentioned that in, in youth ministry you can feel like an island, and 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 I that's a hundred percent true. I felt that you know when I was in the local church. What mm-hmm. I have learned working now with churches more than or as much as I do with youth workers is that I, and I, maybe it's because the way, we, the way the church tends to silo ministry. But even pastors feel that even children's yeah. workers feel because because yeah. the people they work directly with are they're similar, but they're, there's just a different there's difference, yeah. you know, different thing. And, and I, you know, Laura, you said you were talking about the getting below the surface. I think that's one of the things, too, that 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 it's important to remember is that, that to build that, to find and, and have that community where you can say those things, you have to earn that right in people's lives, which typically takes Absolutely. Time. You know, like I can remember, I mean, I remember, mm-hmm. I distinctly remember the first time I met uh, Caroline, Laura and Brad, who's not on this call. And, and I don't think Kay was there. Maybe you were Kay. I don't remember, but I, remember, I was, were you there in LA? Was... And I walked yes. in the restaurant and, and I would have never, I mean, I would have never thought. Remember me being at Ella in LA? I, I don't. Yeah. You, I, I'm sorry. That's, I'm, I'm hurt. I do. Um, yeah, we, I do. we went to Starbucks. There were 15 of us in a tiny room with twin beds. That's why I remember Brad, because we had to sleep in a room like, we may as well have been in the same bed. We were so close to each other. Oh, my God. It, there were I was in that room. It was like. And the next morning, it was like, somebody was snoring. Who was it? And we had no idea. We were that close. 
Listen, I remember, this was how, but I will tell you this. We were in that house, but, I, you know, on the West Coast, they had to know how to do camp. We have a different idea of camp here. That's we true. were going to yeah. a camp, and it's a two-story <laughs> house with air conditioning and, and a little tiny. Do you remember that? Do you remember, remember that remember chapel? Food? That chapel oh. was the coolest. Hey, our Methodist camp in South Carolina until about 10 years ago had three walled cabins. That's a oh fact. There were three yeah. walls. It was open air. So no. Um, uh, anyway, we we went star hunting. Remember, we went oh, looking yeah. for stars. Yes. We were in and Santa Barbara. Or where were we? I don't know. Santa Monica. Maybe oh, Monica. Santa Monica. Maybe I left. Santa's. Maybe, did I leave early? Because I don't remember that. I think you did. Think you I didn't go with early. us to the Santa Monica Pier. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think I. I do remember going to the and seeing Jimmy Kimmel. Um, through the window. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. So, anyway, the, the point I was making before we got, by, by the way, <laughs> we, we have a squirrel. We have a severe case of collective ADD. I'm sorry to you, <laughs> listeners. Um, we will usually get back to the point, but we do take squirrel. We do, we do chase squirrels every now and then. But the point I was trying to make was though, that, that it takes time um, and, and, and to, to get to the point where you can really open up. And it starts with those surface conversations, but then you find those moments where, like for us, maybe it was LA looking for stars or, or you know, whatever, um, having coffee, where you you begin to um, to develop that trust where you're open, to, where you're willing to open up. So, other than, so I just mentioned one. What what do you think it takes beyond trust? What are some things that it takes in order for community to to go beyond the the, the surface to, to really build um, a, a kind of community, a kind of group that can hold each other accountable, that can can be honest and tell each other the truth, whether it's what they want to hear or not. What are some things do you think it takes beyond trust? I would say trust is probably the first thing it takes. But what else would you say beyond that it takes to, to develop that in a, in a group? I think, I think being – go ahead, Laura. No, you're good. I, I think being – committing to being authentic with each other. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know about you all, but I've been in groups of people who you can tell that they say one thing, but mm, I, I just don't, there's not that trust that they're being authentic with me. And, um, and so I'm going to be guarded in that mm -hmm. situation. And so I mm -hmm. think really um, being vulner vulnerable and authentic <laughs> um, is important. And if you're all agreeing to to that and willing to do that, I, so uh, I was a part when I was at the local church in ministry, our community had a, a group of youth leaders that would get together. And it was really nice because we would you know how kids are. I mean, it was whoever's dating who is whose youth group they were going to, yada, 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 right? So you could keep up on the kids because we were meeting together and you could hear about doing what. And, and we would do some things together as well a couple times a year. But all of a sudden it became, it wasn't allowed to be at my church or I was never invited to pray or to lead devotions and because it was all men. And, there, mm. you know, and so it's like, mm, you know, I, you're not valuing me and where I'm mm -hmm. at. And so the walls started to go up for me. Um, That's good. That's good. You know, Laura, what were you going to say? 
I was going to say vulnerable too. Also, but I was glad Kay said that because we're such a community. We have to say it. On yeah, exactly. I think, in my head. <laughs> exactly. I think for us and and for everybody, really, I think to build community, you've got to be able to laugh and laugh at yourself and laugh with each other. You got to have fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. The other word that popped in my mind as y'all were talking, other than I had mentioned trust earlier, we've mentioned vulnerability now twice, um, laughing at each other. The other thing, too, is I think it goes back to that vulnerability is it also takes a little bit of risk. And, mm-hmm. and so, I mean, to, to, to be at some point in a relationship, whether it's uh, uh, two people, three people, eight people, whatever it is, at some point as you begin to build community, someone's going to have to take the risk of, of being a little more vulnerable than the group has been at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and so there's a risk taking thing there because if nobody ever takes that risky step of putting themselves out there, um, then it's never really going to, the, the depth of the uh, community is never going to be. And so I think that's something to think about. If, if you've got, if you've got relationships or, or groups of people that, that just don't seem to, to get beyond the surface of talking about the weather or fishing stories or, or whatever it is, um, you know, is start to think maybe is it is God calling me to be the one that takes a little bit of risk and just throw something out there. Um, yeah. I, I have a little bit, maybe too much sometimes with risk taking me. I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'll just throw things out there and if I, and if I, I'm okay being a little socially awkward occasionally. And so, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, so, you know, but. I also I think um, being welcoming or hospitable because I think about me, cause I was an outsider. You are from the same area the Mm -hmm. same jurisdiction and you all kind of knew each other and get to see each other more than just the one time that we were all getting together but you welcomed me in and um and made me feel right away like a friend or you know a part of the group and so I really appreciated that and always looked forward to our time together because I felt um like I had a group to be a part of. Um, yep. And, and so that's important mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So that's a pretty good list. I mean, think about that. If you can develop trust, vulnerability, um, have some element of, of, of laughing and, and, and fun, uh, taking a risk, but also creating a hospitality, a, a, a culture of hospitality within the group. If you can create those things, you know, I think you're going to have a great uh, opportunity to really build some community, which is again, we could all probably tell stories of, and maybe that's how I want to close is, is, is thinking about, you know, can you think of a, a, a story of, of, I've got one for sure of how, you know, community was healthy in a ministry. And, and so I can tell you this one that, that, that I was uh, in serving in Anderson, South Carolina at a church. And there was a, it happened within three or four months. I started at my church. Um, another guy, Brian started at another church and then, Ronnie started a third church. There were three of us, and two of us were Methodist. One was Baptist, and one of them had a boat. And so during the spring and summer, I told you we lived 10 minutes from the lake. About once a month, we would host what we called, quote-unquote, baptism conferences, which meant we were going to the lake and jumping in the water. <laughs> and, for, and, you know, and, and so we, we'd make sure at first we sprinkled one another, take care of the Methodism, and then we would jump, we'd jump in and do cannonballs to do the Baptist thing. But we always we had baptism conferences once a month. And it was all it was, was a, it was a chance for us. And, and so going back to what somebody, I think maybe Kay said earlier of knowing what it's like being in that type of ministry, uh, we could really vent to one another about what's going on in our church and we could trust each other that we weren't going to find out even that small town we were in 
that it was going to be confidential and we'd have a great time on the boat. And so that's one of the things I always remember. When I think about community. Um, that's one of the ones I think about is our baptism conferences way back in the day. <laughs> you guys have anything like that as a quick, quick story about how community has been helpful for you in ministry beyond the Cultivate group? So one of my best friends, one of my college roommates also is in ministry and so, um, like when we first graduated college, it was a little challenging. We were going after the same jobs and that kind of stuff. That wasn't fun. But being able to walk alongside, we don't live close to each other. But like you said, being uh, in ministry, similar things here and there. Um, and when I was in a local church, I was having a particularly difficult situation with volunteer that it was just, there was just a lot going on and going to have to have a talk, you know, you know, all the things like, how do you fire a volunteer? That's no fun. Mm -hmm. And, um, Mm -hmm. and so, um, so having her who had been in those shoes too, and walk alongside me and I could call and be like, Oh my land, you know, like this is how, how am I going to do this? But having her to call on was, I mean, honest to goodness, I probably would not still be in ministry if I did not have her and other relationships like that, yep. you know, like this one, because, you know, stuff gets hard and, yeah. um, and being able to, to laugh about the crazy, silly things that, uh, that go on in ministry and, um, and others to really get that. Cause somebody said, you know, sometimes even your spouse and like, my husband works with computers and that is very different <laughs> than ministry. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. Sometimes they listen a lot better. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm. And so um, having that community has just been life-giving and vitally important for me. Cool. Mm-hmm. The other thing too, I don't know if you, if you want, either one of you, Kay or Carolyn, have anything, but I think too, it doesn't have to necessarily be ministry friends. I mean, th- these guys all laugh. True. I have, I have I have this group of five idiotic. <laughs> I'm one of five idiotic friends. We call ourselves the Wolf Pack. They've been been friends since some of us elementary school, some middle school, some high school. And um, I mean, it's it's just a release. I don't have to. And I, with them, I don't have to really think about or talk about ministry. I can, you know. And so it's mm-hmm. having that outlet as well is, is very helpful. Oh, for sure. We've been trying yeah. to break into the Wolf Pack to get some Chris <laughs> stories. They live vicariously. We've been friends. They live vicariously through my friend group. So that's, that's right. Really cool. Yeah. Well, hey, Chris. I would, I, would like, I would like to know. Um, what kind of ads pop up on your social media after you have been around your yes. and texting <laughs> with your um, Wolfpack? I'm not sure. I bet it is a, a, an assortment. This will not be the first time this will happen, but I am going to plead the fifth. Okay. And on that <laughs> note, uh, thanks for joining us at Cultivate Ministry, Cultivating Ministry Podcast. About, brought to you by the Cultivate Group. Uh, cultivategroup.org is our website, and that's spelled C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, G-R-O-U-P.org, cultivategroup.org. Uh, be sure to check out that. Check us out there. Learn all about us, some more about us there. Uh, learn about who we are as a, as, a, as a conglomerate. A conglomerate. I just made a word up. That's so funny. <laughs> we just became a conglomerate. <laughs> Where did that word come from? More than five from? letters. More yeah, than five not, letters. That's, that's right. Five, that's five syllables. That's more than five letters. Um, I don't know what that means. Where that was from way back in the depths of my brain. Uh, anyway, check <laughs> us out there. Uh, check us out on social media. 
Uh, if you like this podcast, rate, write, rate, like, subscribe, review, all those cool things I know nothing about, but Kay's daughter told us are cool for us to do because she knows social media. Um, and if we can be of any help to you, by all means, reach out to us and we will see you next time. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Strategies, resources, and conversations equipping leaders to cultivate healthy ministry environments. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like, rate, and review our show wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to connect with you on social media, so follow Cultivate Group, that's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight group, on Instagram and Facebook. And check out our website at cultivategroup.org. That's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, group.org. Thanks for listening. See you next time.